Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Today is another episode of my founder series, and I was pumped to get Nick Hamburger on the podcast. He is the co-founder and CEO of Quavos, which is a all-natural egg white-based chip company based out of Chicago. He's got a really cool story um, dropping out of the University of Chicago to go full-time on Quavos. And um, we dove into all sorts of things, whether it's you know building the business at Quavos, um, some of the tools and tricks he uses as an entrepreneur to stay focused and um, you know organized uh, to meditation. We kind of bounce all around, talked about some fundraising stuff. It was a fun podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Nick Hamburger. Thank you, Nick, uh, for coming on the podcast. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance. Like I mentioned, I have Nick Hamburger on the podcast today, the co-founder of Quavos. And without further ado, I'll let Nick kind of give a little intro to himself. Yeah. Uh, well, well, Shane, thanks for having me. Really excited to, to be in the podcast. Um, yeah, you know, uh, my backstory isn't too long. I'm still only 22. Um, I kind of grew up always... Um, with different business ideas. Um, my friend, Zach, who ended up being my co-founder at, at Quavos, um, and I, we, we had, uh, different ventures. So like in middle school, we had a little, um, we, we had these imported sodas from Japan that were really nice. And we kind of sold them, uh, at the cafeteria pretty discreetly, just so no one, uh, <laughs> would, would, would catch us. Uh, and we did get caught. And then I've got, I think I saw down, that. But, Didn't you guys, weren't you guys on, um, one of the, like the Chicago news stations and you told that story i think i saw a clip yes of that on, on windy city live yeah That's we, we so talked funny. about that that was it was really funny and um then what else you know just kind of traded stock in in high school and always had ideas so zach came up with the idea of an egg white based chip um from his his lifestyle as a type 1 diabetic where he tries to eat low carb and um kind of was inspired from eggs and, and the crispy pieces of egg that are left uh when you when you cook an omelet and um, so we, we ended up entering a business contest at university of Chicago and that went well. And then we ended up, uh, taking time off of school to pursue it. Awesome. That's so cool. And you guys started it in the fall of 2018. Is that right? Um, it was, it was actually, that's kind of when we launched on market. Um, the business contest was, uh, winter kind of the beginning of the year, 2018. Got it. Okay. And where does the name come from? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it basically it's Spanglish for quick huevos. Um, so huevos is eggs in Spanish, and uh, so it's like eggs on the go. Oh, love it. Okay, got it. I've always wondered that. I couldn't find that anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you, I was, you know, of course, reading up on you know the history and what I could find online. You guys got into the Chicago University of Chicago. It was like a startup program, right, to get started. And then you guys also jumped into the Kraft Heinz, or you got picked, I guess for the Kraft Heinz incubator program. Is that correct too? Is that kind of like how it all kind of spiraled and started? Yeah, exactly. It was a snowball like that. So we, you know, we'd, we'd had the idea beforehand and done some basic prototype batches. And we'd said, oh, when we graduate college, you know, we'll, well maybe for a year we'll do this instead of going into a job right away. 
but then we heard about a business contest at UChicago. Um, we did that and it was like a 10 week intensive course culminated in a pitch competition. So we kind of laid the fundamentals of the business down, uh, won 15,000 funding, which isn't much, but it's, you know, it's enough to get you really excited. Just to get and, started though, that's a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. And especially in, in consumer products where you can actually, you know, it's not like some crazy new tech product. Um, and yeah, right after that. So we were still like definitely really engaged and motivated. But then once we applied to the craft program and got in, which was May 2018, that kind of took it to another level. Um, Zach and I made the commitment to uh, be full time with Quavos and leave college and kind of all took off from there. Do you remember, I always love asking this to founders, especially for you at the age you did it. Do you remember the conversation with your parents when you said, I want to drop out of school and do Quavos full time? Um, you know, it's, it's actually really funny because uh, they were introduced to the idea um, by watching a video of our pitch from the UChicago competition. So like at the UChicago competition, someone had asked us the question about, are you going to stay in school or drop out? And at that point, we hadn't quite decided, but we, the advice we were given was just like, say that you're going to uh, drop out. So we said we're going to drop out. My parents weren't at the event, but they were watching a recap of that pitch. And they, they saw that. They're like, wait, Nick, like you're dropping out. Like you didn't tell us that. <laughs> so, um, you know, but they were, I think they'd known it was a possibility. Um, plus I came back to live at home with them. So oh, okay. with those two uh, facts, like it wasn't too shocking for them and, and they were supportive. That makes sense. And that's, that's good. You had support. I feel like that's one of the questions I get a lot um, from people trying to start their own thing is like, how do you handle, you know, negativity, whether that's from family, friends on your idea. So is that something you dealt with at all? Or did you pretty much have everyone behind you, you know, backing your idea? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I definitely think that is an interesting dynamic, especially when an entrepreneur really is faced with a lot of it, but they, they kind of go against it, but we, we didn't have to deal with too much negativity. Um, you know, we had a lot of support from our families, but also like just a lot of people found the concept interesting and some of these early wins, you know, especially with the craft incubator kind of like, let us know that we were onto something. Um, so didn't have to, there were a lot of challenges making the product taste good and, and, um, doing the R and D and things like that. But in terms of the, uh, you know, support, it, it was always there. Did, um, I'm also curious, do you remember like version one of the first Quavos like batch? Do you remember, do you remember you guys look like working through that? Um, yeah, you know, like there were a lot of really, really horrible batches early on. And like at the, at the venture contest, um, at UChicago, we passed around our samples to the judges. And at that point, the product, the main issue was the product with the product was that it was too dry. So it was like at 1% moisture, we did a measurement. And for context, um, saltines are 2% moisture. Oh, wow. So it's twice as dry as saltines, uh, plus like basically no carbs. It's protein, which is like even drier than carbs. Um, and yeah, so like they were, honestly, I didn't even love the product until we really perfected it um, closer to our market launch. It uh, really was a struggle for a while. Yeah, I bet. I was going to say, do you... Uh, and? If I, correct me if I'm wrong, but both of you were not like food scientists or any sort of like like food background, were you? Were you weren't you both in the business school? Um, yeah, so actually, I, we were both undergrad um, and actually studying both of us studying philosophy. Um, oh, okay, so we were not uh, the course was through the business school though. Um, gotcha. 
so yeah, no, no background in, in food science um, or really in, in business either, but um, definitely a passion for, for business. So how did you, what was like step one of figuring, figuring out how to like even create this product? Like you have the idea, but without like a background in making food, what would you guys do? It was just like throwing stuff at the wall. Like we tried, um, I think at least seven different cooking processes and a couple of which, um, and the process we ended up using, we didn't have the equipment for. We started doing batches at like a manufacturer's test lab. Um, so we tried a lot of processes and then we also tried, um, I don't know what the number is, at least 200 different ingredients, maybe more. Oh, wow. Um, just 200 different ingredients? We ordered like, you know, quinoa flour and cassava flour and, you know, uh, pea fiber and just all these random ingredients that, um, you know, we didn't end up going with, but wanted to try everything. That's wild. Okay. Yeah. And then once you guys finally, you know, you're working through this, getting the, getting the product, how did you guys decide to go to market? And I guess I'm not even sure if I fully know, you know, how, what your guys' steps to going to market were. Was it like D to C on your website? How did you guys decide to, you know, really go to market? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, from a product standpoint, it, you know, got to a place where we felt the the feedback was good enough. We would do, um, we went to kind of similar to the RX bar um, founding story. We went to a lot of CrossFit gyms and awesome. kind of fitness events to, to get feedback. And then, um, so once it was there, you know, we wanted to start slow and really get um, even more feedback on, you know, product, but also packaging and um, sell through and pricing. And so um, we started with like a dozen stores in Chicago, um, plus our website and spent six months really just kind of seeing what happened and uh it motivated product improvements but also uh making the pack a little smaller reducing the price point and changing the design of the package oh awesome so you actually were able to get some some feedback i mean I, yeah like from the rx story we get it we've always gotten a lot of feedback from d to our d to c site like i feel like you know that's such a such a great way to get feedback when you have that, you know, information, you have the, you know, you just, you're able to tap into so much information when it's your own website. Um, would you do it all over again the same way now that you've kind of, you know, paved your way a little bit? Um, honestly, yes, I definitely agree about the site is a nice source of feedback. Um, and also sampling at those stores you hear a lot. Um, and you don't have to listen to everyone, but you hear the opinions kind of aggregate into different buckets. You're like, okay, I'm hearing this a lot. Um, and, and this is more of a one-off thing where that person has some, you know, very unique opinions, but they're not applicable to the majority. So, um, I like that we went slow, you know, it was a little painful. It was like, can we sell more? Can we go faster? But it ended up being that the final product we had in April of 2019 was a lot better than what we started with in October, 2018. So I am glad we were kind of, uh, diligent with that. No, that's, that's awesome. And then from there, do you, I don't know how much you want to share, but like how, how has your distribution changed over the last call it year and a half, two years, I guess now. Since yeah. Then? Um, yeah. Uh, so we ran a Kickstarter in April, 2019, which was kind of like, all right, we finished this market test. We've got our final product, but um, we knew it would take some time to uh, scale up our, we manufacture ourselves. So we had to scale up the production line to be higher volume, had to hire some more staff. We knew that would take a few months. So we ran a Kickstarter while we were doing all that um, and uh, fulfilled that in August of 2019. Um, so since August of last year, we've gotten into about 400 stores, um, 
Whole Foods Illinois being uh, probably the one I'm most proud of. Nice, um, yeah. Yeah, but also Heinen's and Wegmans and, and Hannaford. So kind of Midwest and Northeast. Fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, since this is a finance podcast, I actually, this is funny. You're like the third founder in a row that's done a Kickstarter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Would you mind explaining? I think it's important for people, especially that are, we have a lot of non-finance people that listen to this that just want to learn more about either starting a company or investing or whatever. Can sure. you explain a little bit how the Kickstarter process works and just like how that, how that whole thing, you know, comes to fruition? Yeah. Um, so it's basically like uh, crowdfunding, um, but you don't get anything for it besides for like packages of product. Uh, you know, there's other sites where you can actually get a piece of the company. Um, but with Kickstarter, you have different reward tiers. And, you know, so I think we had a $20 and a 45 or $50. And then you just go up and up. The highest one was like a $500 huge pack of like 200 chips or something. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's a lot of people I think are buying more to support the company. They're interested in the product, but it's like, um, they just, there's these super backers who will be on Kickstarter and, and, and just wanting to support different companies all the time. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really cool platform because you do get a customer base, um, that ideally likes your product and then is kind of a fan base over time. Um, uh, but also you kind of, um, yeah, it can just really help with exposure early on or, or in a case like ours where you have a few months and um, you're unable to uh, to manufacture and sell high quantities at that time and you kind of want to get pre-orders. Right, yeah, okay, so you can like, I get it, yeah. So it's for everyone listening, so you can like, people can decide what tier they want to invest in and then instead of like getting equity, they're getting, they just get like the first batch of that product that was created from that, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And okay. you know, sometimes it's things that, you really can't get, um, you know, unless you back on Kickstarter, right? It's not, it's, sure. it can be more special than just an order on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. That's awesome. Um, did you think that, did that kind of springboard you guys into the next level, next phase for Quavos? Do you think that was a successful decision to move for someone, you know, at your guys' stage? You know, I think, um, I think it was definitely helpful. Um, it probably wasn't, uh, I don't think we'll look back as it's something that we were living or dying based off it, but it was kind of like, you know, I feel like early on, you're always, every couple months you want some success to talk about to investors and to buyers and just to everyone who's asking you, how's the business doing? So like, if we hadn't done that, we would have kind of just been planning stuff for four months, but have Mm -hmm. had no product to sell because the facility was, was being uh, worked on. So I think it was really nice that like, for those next couple months where we were literally selling nothing, we could still talk about all the product we'd pre-sold. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Have you guys, um, one of my, my questions I wrote down was, um, I'm always curious of this, um, you know, egg white foods. I feel like there's not a ton of them. Like, I mean, I know RX, I feel like we were one of the, like in protein bars, one of the first to do that. Yeah. You guys have the chips. Do you, what's your thought? And you've worked obviously in like the Kraft Heinz incubator program. What, what do you think, and this might be a dumb question, but why have larger food companies not tried to get into this space? Hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about our space specifically, but I think in general, the food companies just seem to be really risk averse. Um, and they're not open to trying things in small, nimble ways because it's so, like, they kind of have a, I think a little bit of a fixed view of like, well, if, if this isn't a billion dollar brand, 
mm-hmm. you know, why would we launch it? And so like right. they'll, they'll launch new things if they're committed to a Walmart national launch. Like that's a new launch. They will never test something small in 200 stores. They just don't want to deal with something at that small of a scale. But I think because they don't do that, they're not like really connected to um, different early adopter groups and they're not really listening for, for what's next. And so then they end up just uh, either they only launch something when it's big enough that they know it'll work. Um, and so they're not like the first brand in that space or they just buy, you know, the breakout brands. Right. Right. Yeah. They can kind of save some time. And that's what, um, another, I've had a few founders say that that just seems like to your point, it's just not worth the time and investment if it's not a big enough, uh, you know, dollar chase essentially. That makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I think that's not, I I think it's a flaw and and it's something that like it's being exploited by small companies, but you could have, I think we're going to see in the coming years, uh, some sort of startup, um, or maybe it's an RX bar type stage brand that hasn't yet sold start to, you know, make some sort of incubator where they kind of are launching 30 things at once. And I think that's the future because the millennial and gen, um, gen Z population, like I think are fickle and they like new things and they always want the new. So like, I think they'll continue to be every five to 10 years, all these different brands propping up and you want to be able to, um, get it on the ground floor instead of having to, you know, buy something when it's big and hope it stays big. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Cause you think probably some of those big food brands are going to miss out on a lot of some of that growth too, if you know, by the time yeah. they purchase, you know, it'd be, it'll be interesting too, to see how many more of the food brands have these major exits. You know, we keep seeing them like, I know recently like vital proteins had a big one. A lot yeah. of the bar brands have had big ones. Um, I'm interested to see like what the future of that looks like too, to your point. Like, when do they become, when does an incubator pop up or when does, uh, you know, some of that kind of go over the edge? Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard that the, the multiples are going to come down. Um, like our expert got a 5X multiple on their sales and a lot of companies get 4 or 5X, but I've heard it's going to come to 2 to 3X just because a lot of companies, these big companies keep getting burned as yeah. the brand will, will not sustain the, the crazy trajectory they had been on. Um, right. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. It will be very interesting. I definitely agree. Um, did you, and so you dropped out of you Chicago. The other thing I was thinking was, um, did you end up going back? Did you ever go back to finish your degree? Are you planning on ever doing that? Or do you think Quavos and then other, you know, adventures are in your horizon? Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to never have to go back. Um, and, uh, <laughs> don't tell my parents that that's the part that they're not <laughs> on board with yet. Um, <laughs> But uh, Zach did go back after one year off. So, and he's okay. actually at Williams College in, in Massachusetts. Um, so he, he decided to go back. Um, but for me, yeah, I'm just going to stick full time with it. And then hopefully, you know, won't have to resume studies ever. Got it. There you go. So how big is the team now at Quavos? Um, yeah. So it is uh, two people full time only. Me and, and Jess, uh, who came from our expert, who yep. you know pretty well. Um, and we have a lot of freelancers, um, as well as now I think eight full-time production staff at you oh, know, you making the product. Um, so yeah, we're, we're su- super lean and, you know, hoping to stay really lean. Um, one of our, uh, mentors is the founder of skinny pop and he has like this, uh, um, almost historically lean team or they had a, like just this crazy lean team when they sold for you know, hundreds of millions to a private equity company. They only had a couple full time and then a, you know, external sales team. So we're trying to emulate that model. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I just think 
we're not the highest margin item. So it, if we can stay leaner as a, as a staff, and that's kind of one way to make up for that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think, uh, you know, especially in, I feel like in CPG, you can really, I don't know, you gotta be careful to not overhire too quick too. You know, I've seen yeah. some of that, you know, you can kind of jump ahead of where you're trending and sales and I uh, yeah, the leaner you can stay. Are you guys kind of trying to just like essentially hire when you guys are bursting at the seams and need help in some area, I'm assuming? A little bit. Yeah. You know, um, you know, hopefully before it's, it's total chaos and everyone's stretched too thin, but, but that's the general mentality is, is, um, if we can test something with a freelancer or with me, um, doing it with 20% of my time, we will. And then, Oh, okay. It's going well. It justifies someone, you know, part-time or full-time, but, um, yeah, to avoid, uh, just kind of hiring where we think we might need it soon uh, and more be, uh, hiring where we really need it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, what does, you know, I feel like you guys have been on, you know, on a tear getting new distribution. Do you guys, what's your thoughts on, I'm sure you have one and you don't have to share anything, you know, proprietary on here, obviously, but are you guys thinking, you know, is distribution the kind of like the, the plan for the next couple of years? Is it like new product innovation or both, or, you know, what's, what's like the next year, two years look like for Quavos? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, while we do have a lot of ideas for innovation, um, we want to stay focused on the chips for now. Um, like our X bar, like skinny pop, ideally your trajectory is just the same one product, a couple of different flavors in more and more and more stores. I think that's when, you know, it's going really well. Um, you know, we will add those products at some point, but hopefully um, in a few years. So yeah, kind of just getting more distribution and also seeing what the limit online is because traditionally for brands like ours, it's probably somewhere between five and 10 million in sales where you kind of can't get past that on Amazon. Um, but with, with this huge uh, switch to Amazon and the increased consumer uh, ordering there, we're hoping it's, it's maybe a higher maximum. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you, how has COVID impacted you guys in that degree? Like, have you had, you know, has e-com really taken off? Have you guys had a switch? I'm curious how it's affected you guys. Yeah. Um, our e-com is, is getting close to double was it, what it was in, in early March, um, which is pretty exciting, but it wasn't directly from COVID, uh, but kind of mid April, um, we, we launched some influencer campaigns and those have been massively effective for us. Oh, that's awesome. So it's probably, probably great timing mixed with a, a great idea. Yeah, I think, I think exactly. It's like, I bet the influencer has been more effective just because more people have been, you know, on their phones and on social media. Um, and, uh, but yeah, we actually were down like from mid March to end of March, we had a couple terrible weeks and we're kind of freaking out like, Oh my God, is it, you know, what's going on? Are people buying, not buying premium snacks? Cause it's, they're into, you know, maybe they lost their job or they're anticipating the recession, but thankfully we were able to, to pick it back up. That's awesome. No, that's great. I know Amazon for us at our X bar has been crazy. It's, it's such, it's I'm so sure. wild to just see the switch that ever, you know, people are just moving and it's like across all e-commerce platforms. Are you guys on like walmart.com or any of the other platforms in e-commerce right now? Um, some wholesale marketplaces, but, but no, yeah, just Amazon on our site. Um, but that, that is interesting. And I'm not surprised because I mean, our X, right. There's so many probably millions of shoppers at this point who were used to buying it in store who probably just transitioned to Amazon. Yeah. I think just like, as people are, you know, I think people are just so unclear on like what the next week looks like with COVID at this point. I think people are feeling like it's just safer and safer to either go online or, you know, 
or purchase from, you know, any of the like delivery services too. We've seen those pick up a lot. It's it's really interesting to see like just the buying patterns change. Um, and I think to your point, like you said, I think we, we were kind of thinking the same thing. It's been interesting to see. I've been trying to follow along with a lot of premium brands in our food space, just on like how everyone's handling COVID. Cause I think we're all kind of in the same boat where it's interesting to see, you know, extremely high unemployment with, um, you know, people trying to still buy premium brands. It's been an interesting dynamic and like how to maneuver through that for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. And it'll be interesting to see kind of, well, we, we need to see how the economic conditions play out, but I know in the 08, 09 recession, um, natural products still did like just as well. So, you know, hopefully there wouldn't be too much of a dip um, for any of us if, if a recession kind of lasted a while. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting because I think out of something like a pandemic, people are even more inclined to try to be healthy. Like, I feel like that's probably been another, at least it's what I've been picking up on is Mm -hmm. the people I talk to and run around with, I think exercise and eating better is just becoming like even more important with the worry of getting sick. So, you know, at the end of the day, maybe it'll benefit the category to some degree as well. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Another question I was curious on for you, I like asking in this founder series, this question is um, when you guys were getting started and you had the concept, I mean, you guys did a business, um, you did like the the business competition and you got picked up by the Kraft Heinz competition. Did you guys, was your like mentality, and this might have been like not even a thought at first, you guys were just trying to figure it out, but, uh, but were you guys more thinking you wanted to bootstrap the business have you guys always tried to go find investors? Like how have you guys managed that? Cause I think depending on who you talk to in the food, especially the food space, there's like some back and forth opinions on like the right way to do it. But just curious of your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I think we would have loved to bootstrap if we were in the position to do it. Um, it's not great for this product given that we use some special equipment. And so we knew we kind of had to buy that. Um, Plus, uh, you know, we were college kids without, um, we, we weren't coming off decades in, in the food industry. Right. So we couldn't have financed much ourselves. Um, so yeah, we started raising, um, even before that market test, we had, we had begun to raise and um, did a seed round through, I guess, fall 20, was it fall 2018 into winter 2019, and then um, are now raising our seed extension round. Oh, nice. Okay. There you go. So are you guys, do you guys think you'll do a few more rounds of funding then through that as you guys continue to grow? Um, you know, I think we'll, we can get the profitability off of what we've raised in this round if we want to, but kind of are looking to raise big rounds, one or two more in the future to fund major national launches in retail. So, okay. um, you know, it's uh, just a function of trying to move as quickly as we can. And if we waited two, three years and just built up a base of profit, we could do it without raising. But I think, um, you know, the clock is ticking and we want to make sure we get this product out there. Right. Do you guys, I know you said you're, you know, you're working on distribution, Whole Foods. I'm sure that's a huge one. That's fantastic for you guys. Um, are you guys, you know, is in the pipeline to some degree, are you guys have thought at all about like mass or club or any of these other huge visibility places? Or are you trying to like slowly build the base first? Um, yeah, definitely. You know, we, there's, there's both ways of doing it, right? Like you could wait, you could build up a hugely loyal audience and like make sure you've, you know, built like market by market before you go national. But um, I don't know. I think we look at brands like, um, like hippies and, and others where, um, you know, they kind of get to national pretty quick. And um, so that, that's what we're hoping to do. Um, 
still haven't decided if it'll be more of like a conventional Kroger type store or, you know, a Costco type setting for our product um, that gets us to national. But um, one of the two and hoping for something like Q3 of next year to start working with a major national chain. Exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it sounds like you guys have quite the path of success. That's awesome. Um, Thank you. Uh, the other, th- kind of like to spin it back. A couple of the questions I like to ask on here too are a little more like entrepreneurial, you know, starting up questions. And one of the ones that I've gotten questions on that people like me to ask is, uh, you know, if you're someone who has an idea or concept for you guys, it was Quavos, obviously. How, what, what's, what's your suggestion to listeners um, on taking that step from going to zero to one? So just like from the concept to like actually, you know, going through with making something or even just evaluating whether it's worth your time and energy. Could you kind of just explain to all the listeners kind of like your perspective on that and how you guys went about that with Quavos? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it, it really is listening to the potential customer. So identifying who the potential customer would be and making sure you're asking them the right questions. Um, I have a friend right now who's, who's developing a concept and I've seen him do a really nice job of this where he's DMing people on Instagram who buy a similar product. And he's saying, will you get with me on the phone with me for 10 minutes? And um, the questions you ask that, that cu- potential customer are important too. You don't want to ask, here's my idea. Would you buy it? Like they're going to say, right. yes, they're going to be nice to you. You know, you got to do things to get around that a little bit, but I think very important to be thorough at the beginning um, with, with that, uh, you know, making sure you're, you're building something for uh, kind of an avid customer base. Um, and then, you know, doing the early testing as quickly as possible is nice. Um, you know, I think if you can get something that's not that pretty, but functional out there and just test that, um, I guess that's kind of the Mark Zuckerberg philosophy, um, mm-hmm. what he would do in college with different ideas and just code something in a week and have people use it and see what they say versus I've seen, you know, fellow entrepreneurs at U Chicago spend like a year and a half coding something and never releasing it. And it's like, it doesn't need to be perfect. And, um, you know, the more you, a lot of times you're perfecting something to your own, uh, vision, but you never asked anyone, is that how they want it to look? Or, um, you know, a lot of times to get that feedback, you just need to put something out there. It doesn't have to be pretty. So I, I really am a fan of kind of learning as much as you can from your target customer as quickly as you can. So really the minimal viable product kind of mentality. That makes sense. And that's cool that your friend, the idea of DMing people that buy similar products, how does, you know, how he even goes about doing that? That's such an interesting way to go about it. I like that. Yeah. Well, he, so um, he's developing like a, a, a bracelet that uh, vibrates and um, reminds you to be to whatever you want it to remind you to, to do. But, you know, in, in, for most people, probably it's about mindfulness and remembering you're alive and taking a, a breath. And um, so he was DMing people who use Headspace. you know, and, and meditation apps. How do you how but how do you even like, how do you get your hands on that information? How can you see who's buying? Oh, I think you can see who's following Headspace on Instagram and then just, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. If you fall, if you go to the followers of a brand, it's probably a good, pretty good chance that they're using that product. That's a great point. Totally. So, um, but I just think like, you know, I, I had, um, people my age, you know, people in college interested in entrepreneurship will ask me, about different ideas that they have. And someone approached me the other day with a, an idea that was like good, but didn't seem like anyone would actually use. It'd be really hard to get users. And, you know, it's just like, he'd probably asked a bunch of friends and they're like, yeah, it's cool. And I agreed it was cool, but it just was so 
kind of impractical and would require a lifestyle change. So I don't know. I feel like you've, you've got to make sure you've got something that has a potential really avid user base. It can be mass market eventually, but you're going to need to start somewhere. So you want to make sure you kind of have that early adopter uh, group outline. Definitely. That makes sense. So you really uh, finding out who your core consumer could be or would be by testing that kind of in a small sample size or group. That makes sense. Is, um, has there been anything, um, you know, in the two years, you really, a little over two years, you've been working on Quavos um, that you've learned that you would suggest to a young new entrepreneur that maybe, you know, a lesson learned that you could pass on? Mm, definitely lots of things. Um, what we just spoke about is important, uh, making sure you're building something for someone and then testing, you know, as quickly as you can, getting feedback and testing, um, you know, what else? I mean, I think having like, uh, always having a sense of like, what's the next thing that needs to happen and doing that first and not, um, there's so many things you can think about or explore or so many plans you can make, but kind of like, I feel like things have gone relatively fast because on my mind, I'm always like, okay, like end of the day, we're getting to here. This is the first step on the million step journey is this. I'm going to do that today. Like just being very, narrowly focused and i've gotten better at that over time as the opportunities are growing right there's so many more things we can always be doing in places we can be selling but um you know zeroing in on what are the top couple of priorities and and really doing those first before you get to the hundred other emails you could be replying to yeah that makes sense do you to help you with that do you use any like tools apps journals any like strategies yeah it's evolved over time and i kind of don't hold myself to anything specific, but just see what's helpful at that moment. So like um, I do have a big to-do list that's just on like the, on the notes app on, on Apple. Um, and then I have a Google doc with like a, a broad strategy that I'll update sometimes, but um, it varies. I mean, at, at times I've, I've had a ton of post-its like all across my desk and I've moved away from that because that was just a lot. Um, so, but uh you know, just, just whatever I can find helps me to kind of remember my top four priorities and then like spend most of my time on them. No, that's really, that's great. I'm, I get really into that. Uh, I've tried all kinds of different stuff. So I'm interested to hear what, what founders use. Cause I mean, I always feel like my day's busy, but like, like running a company has gotta be, you know, you just have so many different things. Do you try to, um, this is another curiosity from, you know, for someone who runs a company, how do you manage like, I'm sure you do some sales, some marketing, some R&D. How do you like try to manage that in a week? Do you have like certain days where you do certain things or do you just kind of bounce around and get shit done? Or like, how, how, do, you, how do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I would probably benefit if I did organize it. Like, you know, Monday is for sales and Tuesday is for R&D and Wednesday is for fundraising or something. But it's more like uh, on my top couple priorities, I'm just like, okay, I need to make sure I'm, I've basically advanced everything on my end as far as I can in the bucket of fundraising, you know, sales with the three stores are trying to land and, um, you know, and like launching an online marketing campaign. And so a lot of times it's like, all right, I've sent the emails and to send and now like I'm waiting on responses, but, um, and so then I can go do other stuff, but uh, trying to make sure I've like caught up on my end with the top couple priorities is, is what I try to keep top of mind. Gotcha. Yeah. That totally makes sense. That's great. Um, I have a few more questions. I think the next one was going to be, so, I mean, I'm in Chicago as well, and I'd be curious, what's the 
where's like the easiest place to go get Quavos right now? I mean, you mentioned yeah. a few major retailers, but curious of like where you're at across the Midwest. Yeah. Um, so Whole Foods in Illinois, we're in all those stores, which I'm so thankful for because beforehand we do have a lot of independents as well, like Peach Press Market and, and Heinen's and, um, and honestly, just a lot of stores that you can find on our locator. But like, everyone was always like, when are you going to be in Whole Foods, man? I'm like, that's where I shop. So um, I think for it's a lot a big of people, that'll be the most convenient spot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, I, whole, I feel like getting the Whole Foods business has got to be one of the big check marks for most, you know, people in our space. Just that's such, such a big one. So yeah, congrats again on that. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, thank you. So really, I, just have, I have like a few last questions I like to ask people. Um, the the one that I think is interesting and, you know, this isn't meant to put you on the spot in any way, but uh, do you, if you had one book to gift somebody, so whether any topic, anything, do you have like a favorite book that you recommend the most to people? Yeah. Um, I would say uh, the book, wherever you go, there you are by John Kabat-Zinn. Um, not about business. It's uh, I'm just really into meditation and mindfulness. And I found that to be, even the more I meditate, like it's pretty simple, but it's just such a great summary of, of a lot of the attitudes you're trying to cultivate with mindfulness and um, just very well written. So I, I love that book. Um, and it's, it's meant a lot to me. Awesome. I'll have to add that one to my list. Do you, speaking of meditation, cause I think it's, I think this is a cool topic. Do you, what um, apps, tools do you use for meditating? Yeah. Um, I kind of, I bought a, uh, my mom had bought actually, a set of six CDs from a teacher named Joseph Goldstein. And I started using those in high school. Um, and so then eventually, like I, I've done some retreats. So now I kind of usually do my own thing. Um, sometimes I'll use the the waking up app um, from Sam Harris. And I found that to be good too. Awesome. Yeah. So I've used, uh, oh, I don't think I've used waking up. I used, I've used Oak, which is like a different similar. I think it's Kevin Rose maybe. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And I have never tried Headspace, but always curious. So waking up. Okay. That's a good one. Um, the, the next one was, and you've kind of answered this a couple of times, but just for, to reiterate, uh, how can people try Quavos? Is there anything, you know, you'd point people to, to try their first, you know, bag of chips? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, Amazon's probably the easiest for people, but, but Whole Foods too, if you live in Illinois or, or Wegmans on the East coast and, um, you know, if I had to make my personal recommendation, I'd say cheddar. Uh, it's a crowd pleaser, usually one of our more popular ones. Awesome. Awesome. And then if people want to get a hold of you or just Quavos in general, what do you suggest doing that? Yeah. Um, I mean, if it's in general, you can email like team at Quavos.com. That's like our general mailbox. I'm Nick at Quavos.com and ICK if, if someone needs to reach me directly. So, um, you know, it's still at the stage where I can give out my email and hoping to get to one where, uh, there you, go. you know, I, I shouldn't anymore, but, um, yeah, definitely happy to respond to, to anyone. No, like it goes, it goes likewise. Hopefully, someday this podcast will be a platform that people don't want to hand out just their email. So, <laughs> yeah, on the yep. same page. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's really all I have, Nick. I was uh, really pumped to talk to you. I appreciate you giving me the time. I know you're a busy man, so uh, thank you for coming on and talking about Quavos. I think people are going to love hearing the story and and learn a little bit about you and your entrepreneurial journey. So, thank you so much for the time. Yeah. Thanks, Chen. Really, really was fun to be here and, um, you know, good luck All right. with, with your career and also with growing the, the podcast. Yeah. Thank you. And good luck with Quavos. I'm excited to go pick some up. I've actually tried them once. Uh, someone brought in a ton of them to RX one time. I don't know if, if you guys oh, nice. sent some in or what, but they were like all over the office, like probably a year ago now. 
Really? So, um, yeah, I, it was funny. I was talking to, I was talking to Jess about it too, and she it was she said it wasn't her. So it was really funny. One day there was like all over the kitchen, and so a, a bunch of people wow. tried them. So that's funny. You know, at very early on when we used to like monitor every email sign up to our email list, um, someone had signed up from our expo. We're like, oh my god, they're watching us! Like they're gonna copy our product or something. That's but funny. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, Hey, I've, I've had hundreds of our X bars, so the egg white gang's got to stick together. That's right. hundred percent. That's what we loved yeah. when we saw them in there. We're like, all right, this is one of ours. This is good. Yeah, is exactly. Good. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Nick. I appreciate the time and, uh, thank you for, you know, yeah. Giving us the time today on simply finance. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Well, Thanks, have a good Andy. one, Nick. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. See ya. Thanks for listening to today's episode, everybody. Hope you enjoyed that episode with Nick Hamburger. I wanted to remind everybody of a few things as always. Uh, Number one, if you want to check out Quavos, uh, the link to their website is in the show notes. As Nick mentioned in the podcast, um, he also suggests going to Amazon. It's a really easy and quick way to get your hands on Quavos if you're in the Midwest, uh, and especially really specifically Illinois, uh, they're in Whole Foods. Um, but the link to their website is in the show notes. As always, if you're interested in starting your investing journey on Robinhood, there's also a link in the show notes for a link to sign up. If you sign up with the link, I'm not sponsored by Robinhood or anything, but you will receive a free stock when you sign up. So kind of a cool little kicker if you use my link. And lastly, but not least, if you want to click on the COVID stock market rebound tracker link, That is where I am keeping an eye on all of the companies that I'm interested in in the stock market today, um, you know, coming out of COVID and as well as um, any of the episodes where I run through examples, I'm starting now to add basically the math behind the concepts I'm talking about. So if you're interested in any of that, the links are all in the show notes. And last but not least, uh, if you enjoyed the episode, if you liked the content, please give it five stars and leave a review. And uh, obviously, share this with your friends. If you liked it, uh, I couldn't thank you enough if you could share the podcast with your friends. So thank you again. Hope you guys enjoyed and we'll be back with another episode before you know it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening.